This is the next chapter, A Prince. Sorry that it took so long to get out. Um, I've been dealing with quarantine and everything getting deleted and everything, so here we go. Thank you for the person who hyped me up. I don't know if you know you did that, but you gave me the enthusiasm to do this again. So here we go, A Prince. Virgil had spent the day using Mrs. Darwin's computer to research what he wanted in his room. He had gotten a good idea about what he wanted and watched a movie with Mrs. Darwin. He actually liked the Titanic. He even cried, but that was a secret between him, Mrs. Darwin, and the living room. When Patton came in, he wasn't his usual happy self. He seemed off, even if his mother couldn't see it. Virgil knocked on Patton's door. Um, one second. Virgil heard Patton sniff and shuffle around before he opens the door. He smiled at Virgil, but his eyes were bright and puffy. What happened today, Patton? Patton blinks at him. Nothing. Why would something have happened? You're crying, Patton. Don't even try to cover it up. It's okay to feel down sometimes and have a bad day as long as you talk about it. Patton smiles at Virgil, a real smile, and lets him into his room. It's just... I think I'm coming to my limit. Logan has been nothing but rude and unkind since he started high school. I've tried to be nice. I've always worked my hardest to make him feel as though he's friends and part of our group. But he just returns with horrible insults. I'm fed up with this all. Patton sits on his bed in a huff, tears well open his eyes again. Virgil sits and listens, rubbing Patton's back as when he gets overworked. Patton tells Virgil about what Logan had said and done, and the good things he'd done as well. Do you want to know what I think you should do? Virgil asks, handing his foster brother a tissue. Patton nods, taking it and blowing his nose, then taking another from Virgil and wiping his glasses. I think you should just drop him. He isn't worth your time. You're so sweet, and having to do with him? Just... Don't give him your attention. He obviously doesn't want it. Patton nods. Yeah, why should I have to deal with him? From now on, no more Mr. Nice Guy. For Logan. Everyone else has my full love and support. Virgil laughs at Patton. The next day, Patton ignores Logan. It wasn't that hard, as Logan never started the conversations that they did have, and Patton found himself feeling even happier without, pa without Logan's comments. Little did he know, Logan hated it. He knew he was being ignored from the second he walked past Patton's locker. Patton just kept talking to the others as they all went quiet and watched Logan from the corner of their eyes. It drove Logan insane. He hated it. Since freshman year, Logan had changed his route to homeroom so he could walk past Patton's locker, just so he could walk and talk to him. He'd always been told money couldn't buy everything, but people could be persuaded. That night, the Darwin family prepared to entertain a guest. Patton had invited Roman over to meet Virgil, and Roman wanted to thank him for his help with the bake sale, or at least in the actual baking and decorating. Virgil put on a black dress shirt, which he had borrowed from Patton, and some skinny jeans. Mrs. Darwin tried to put him in a bow tie, but Mr. Darwin reminded her it was just a dinner at home. Virgil helped set up the table and make the last 
bits of dinner with Pat and Mrs. Darwin, whom were still in awe of his culinary skills. At around half six, the doorbell rings. I can get it, Virgil offers, everyone else just doing the last things. Thank you, sweetie. Bring him straight through to the dining room. Virgil nods and heads to the door. He takes a breath. Is he overdressed? Oh, I don't think he looks dumb. Is he like his old friends from Falcon High? The bell rings again. Now or never. He opens the door. It is I! A tall boy with light brown hair had his arms up in a dramatic pose. The second he sees that the one who opened the door isn't Patton, he drops his arms and he covers his face with his hands. So much for a first impression, he mutters. Virgil looks at the boy. He knew how first impressions could be ruined. I'm Virgil. Nice to meet you, he says, extending a hand for Roman to shake. Roman looks him up and down and shakes his hand. I'm Roman. It's a pleasure to meet you. Will the blush face from his face as he regains his confidence? As Roman looks at him, Virgil could see some similarities to another shameless person he knew. But he shook the thought from his head. He smiled at Roman as he leads him to the dining room. Everything was set out and ready to go. Roman, it's been too long, Mr. Darwin smiles, pulling him into a bear hug. Careful, he hasn't eaten yet. Here, sit next to Virgil. Mr. and Mrs. Darwin were sitting each end of the table. Virgil and Roman were on one side and Patton facing Roman on the other. Did you make enough money from the bake sale for your play? Mrs. Darwin asks. Yes, which is in part down to you, Virgil. I actually wanted to come and say thank you. Your artistic skills on those cookies really helped sell a lot of them. You've got real talent, Roman smiles and patentfold. Did you make enough money from your bake sale for the play? Mrs. Darwin asks. Yes, which is in part down to you, Virgil. I actually wanted to come and say thank you. Your artistic skills on those cookies really helped sell a lot of them. You've got real talent, Roman smiles, and Virgil folds in on himself a little. Thanks. Mr. Darwin senses Virgil's discomfort and quickly moves the attention off him. So, Roman, what show are you doing? Heathers, we're going to do the original script on the last night. I managed to get enough people to sign a petition and rally people to get our teacher to do it. If anyone could, it would be you, Roman, Batten laughs. Roman carried that kind of charisma around him. He wasn't popular, but everyone liked him, for the most part. They finished dinner and chatted for a while longer before Virgil and Patton cleared the plates and grabbed dessert. What do you think of Roman? Patton asks when they were in the kitchen. He's... Energetic. And loud. Patton smiles. Yeah, he can be, but he's sweet too. Maybe he can get you on the set for his new performance. Maybe. They grab the dishes and head back to the dining room. That has been a prince. The next chapter will be a raw form, so if that annoys you, my apologies. By raw form, I mean I'm not going to cut every time I mess up. Um, because I just spent an hour doing ten minutes of recording. So I think it'd be better if I just do a raw cut of the next one. And my apologies if it gets annoying or my stutter gets in the way. I will just kind of want to show you what it's like a little bit. But thank you for listening and I hope you enjoy the next chapter. Staying over a raw cut. Roman tried to ignore his failed first meeting with Virgil. He'd played off so 
cold that Vermin tried to push it from his mind and make the rest of the night a dream. As he ate, he kept finding himself looking at him. He seemed so much smaller than everyone else, and not an actual size. Hapton and Virgil collected the plates and announced dessert. Vermin tries to help, but Patton insists he stay put. Mr. and Mrs. Darwin look at each other, then Roman. He could tell there was something they wanted to say. Roman, I'm sure Patton has told you Virgil comes from a less than ideal background. Roman nods. Well, this means he may be especially sensitive. We want you guys to look after him, in a sense. He needs support and we can't always be there for him. It would be my honour. And, trust me when I say, I'm sure the others will do the same. Roman smiles, and the two boys come back with dessert. Mrs. Darwin dishes it out, and everyone begins to enjoy their food. Oh, Virgil, I spoke to the school with your grades. They couldn't say no. Their first day will be this Friday. Is that okay? Or do you want to wait, maybe after you've gotten your bandages off? Virgil's eyes light up. No, Friday is great, thank you so much. Virgil being so bright. Rome was convinced he could even outshine himself if they were to admit real light. Where did you go before? he asks. Oh, you wouldn't know it. It's called Falcon High. Roman looked at him. No, I know it. It's where... Roman went there for freshman year. Patton cut in. The look in his eye told Roman he knew more than he more than him. My apologies. Oh, why did you transfer? That school could have done with some decent guys. Roman took a second. Decent in looks or personality? I, uh, theatre, they, I, well, yeah, the theatre program there is pretty bad. Is Morlake's program better? Bedra asks, beginning to being the most talkative that he'd been since he'd even come to live with the Darwins. Roman still flustered Roman still flustered from not being able to tell <laughs> I'm so sorry. Roman still flustered from not being able to tell what Virgil Virgil meant, only nods his head. Cool. When is your performance? We start auditions for Heather's next Wednesday, and I'm sure Roman can put in a good word for you if you want, Patton asks. I'd be delighted. If your acting skills even come close to your art skills, they'll have something else coming. Oh, I don't act. I'm better as a tech guy, Virgil quickly corrects. Oh, I'm sure that with a face like yours, you could captivate an audience in seconds. Everyone goes quiet. Oh god, why did I just say that? He'll think I'm some flirtatious creep. Roman thinks, beginning to panic. Everyone's eyes were on Virgil, trying to figure out his reaction. There was a short silence. Says the Disney prince wannabe, Virgil smirked at Roman, and the mood lightens again. Sometimes late... I'm sorry. Uh, I lost my place. Okay. Sometime later, when everyone else had finished and the plates were cleared, 
Mrs. Darling gets an idea. Oh, Roman, why don't you stay here the night? It's really late and we'd hate for you to get the bus this late. You still have some clothes here and Pat can give you a lift to school tomorrow. I'd love to. Thank you so much. I'll call my parents so they don't worry. Roman goes into the hallway to phone home. He can stay in my room if he likes, Virgil offers, and Pat raises an eyebrow at him. I don't mind sleeping on the couch or something. My room was the guest room after all. No, that's okay, sweetie. We've got more rooms. Come to think of it, you haven't done much exploring, have you? Free for you to wander around tomorrow when everyone else is out. Good to know the place. You're stuck with us, after all. Mrs. Darwin smiles at her foster son, who gives an awkward smile in return. Even... Even though he had only one thought, she's lying. Roman returns. Mom says it's okay, and hi. Well, hello back. And the boys, and you boys can, you boys can go up now if you'd like. We'll clean up. They say their thanks and head upstairs to Patton's room. Virgil has the opposite room now, so you can have the one next door. Your clothes are in the left side of my closet, Patton informs Roman. Virgil goes to his own room and gets changed into something more comfortable. When the door opens, Roman wasn't sure his heart could take another night with this dark beauty around much longer. Roman Virgil was in a large stitched hoodie that looked to be made that looked to have been handmade and baggy baggy jogging bottoms. He looked tired and so small. Oh, I can't believe that you made that, Pat and Cood. Virgil shrugs and pushes his hands in the pockets, sitting on the floor and leaning on the bed. You sew too? What can't you do? Virgil mutters something, but wouldn't admit what he'd said. They start talking, Virgil getting more engaged when he... when the play came up. He soon went to his own room, and Patton went soon after, each of them in their own rooms and beds, each with different ideas about how the night had gone. Virgil... Patton had said something to Roman that kept circling his mind. He's so brave. He put up with that awful man for so many years. He's stronger than I'll ever be, that's for sure. There was only one thing that could mean to Roman, and it made him his skin crawl and blood boil. Patton is right. Virgil was so strong. But who would abuse their own child, and why? That's when it happened. When everyone rushed to his room, when everyone heard the screams of the night terror. That has been a completely raw cut of me reading my own writing. Because, you know, oh god, I'm so sorry, that was probably very terrible. Um, I might redo it as a cleaned up version later down the line, but for now, this is kind of the best you get, and I apologise. Uh, I hope you enjoyed, and thank you again. Goodbye.